From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, ganglion cell analysis in advanced glaucoma. I think the macular GCC perform better in advanced glaucoma patients because uh, the macula is affected relatively later in the glaucoma disease process. First this. ASCRS is pleased to offer CME credit for listening to select podcasts, and today's podcast has been designated for CME credit. This activity has been planned and implemented in accordance with the accreditation requirements and policies of the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education, the ACCME. ASCRS is accredited by the ACCME to provide continuing medical education for physicians. ASCRS designates this Enduring Materials podcast for a maximum of 0.5 AMA PRA Category 1 credits, and listeners can claim credit by going to ASCRS.org slash podcast slash 385. That's ASCRS.org slash podcast slash 385. After logging in with your ASCRS credentials, simply pass the short post-test to receive your credit. Ophthalmologists who complete this activity will be able to discuss results and conclusions from a 2017 study designed to compare glaucoma progression detection by optical coherence tomography and visual field. Dr. Young has no financial interest in the content. Dr. Wang receives a royalty or derives other financial gain from an ophthalmic product, has an investment interest in, has received research funding and travel expenses from OptiView, Incorporated. I believe that OCT is the most important tool for the management of glaucoma, second only to intraocular pressure measurement. I would even contend that OCT is more important than visual field testing for all but patients with advanced disease. But what of those patients with advanced glaucoma? There, OCT seems to fail us. Once the retinal nerve fiber layer has substantially thinned, OCT loses its sensitivity. However, David Wong tells us that this is not entirely true. Perhaps retinal nerve fiber layer analysis bottoms out, but there is an OCT tool that provides continued utility well into advanced glaucoma. I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Wang as my guest today. David, what is the advanced imaging for glaucoma, the AIG study? Uh, AIG was a bioengineering research partnership that I ran between 2004 and 2013. And that was back in the days when the National Eye Institute actually supported both uh, developing new technology and also the uh, clinical studies that that one was uh, uh, testing the the technology. So this was a a technology development grant plus a multi-center longitudinal clinical study where we could um, evaluate structural OCT Uh, especially the the faster Fourier domain uh, OCT technology for evaluating glaucoma and monitoring uh, progression. It's funny to speak about traditional teaching with the technology that's as new as OCT. Having said that, the traditional teaching is that OCT of the optic nerve head 
is the preferred way to follow patients with early glaucoma because of the increased sensitivity compared to visual field testing. However, late in the disease process, visual field testing is the preferred method because of something called the floor effect in OCT. Can I get you to define the floor effect and to explain why this is relevant in the selection of a means by which to follow patients with advanced glaucoma? Well, the floor effect becomes obvious when you uh, plot uh, the neurofibrillary layer thickness overall as measured by OCT against some measure of glaucoma severity, for example, the visual field mean deviation. Then you discover that in uh, patients with moderate to advanced glaucoma, uh, neurofibrillary layer reaches, uh, approaches a floor value usually around um, somewhere between 40 to 60 microns would be uh, the floor value depending on the patient. And beyond that, even as the disease gets more severe, the nerve fiber layer doesn't seem to get much thinner, uh, perhaps because there are very few nerve fibers left in a state die-off, the, uh, the glial tissue that replaced them. Um, cause the, the thickness to remain more or less the same. Uh, so th- because of that, in advanced glaucoma, uh, neurofibrillary thickness become less of a uh, useful parameter for monitoring progression. Although it's patently obvious to anyone in clinical practice, I feel the obligation to ask you, what are the downsides to visual field testing? Well, it is patently obvious that patients hate taking visual field tests. Um, because of the tedium. Uh, anyone who's actually tried to take one themselves would, would find it uh, very tedious and difficult to tolerate. Um, so they don't like to do it frequently. Uh, and some patients cannot do it reliably uh, because of their attention span. Another problem in terms of monitoring progression is that the test-retest reproducibility parameters uh, is poor. So um, studies have found that in order to measure the rate of progression to a, a, a statistically significant level uh, for someone who has a moderately rapid rate of progression, like minus 0.5 dB per year in terms of mean deviation, it actually takes six years to have uh, a good confidence, say 80% confidence, to, to detect such progression. Uh, and that is just um, too long. So um, it's, it's not a, a good way to uh, detect progression quickly. Um, and so uh, that leads to delayed treatment decisions. I think that that is probably the biggest problem with visual field testing. Just as is the case with OCT, visual field testing yields a, a number of different parameters. Which parameters are most useful for following progression in patients with advanced glaucoma? Well, in terms of trend analysis, we found that both uh, mean deviation or MD and the visual field index or VFI are useful in advanced glaucoma. Uh, so th- those are the two primary parameters. Uh, VFI uh, have been attacked some, by some people in the field because it's not uh, um, the parameter 
composition kind of changes over the uh, uh, different stages of glaucoma. Uh, but we found actually it it uh, it uh, detect uh, a significant portion of progression that doesn't show up on MD. So it's uh, it's a useful parameter. Uh, the uh, the problem with VFI actually is in the early stages, in the preparametric glaucoma and mild par parametric glaucoma stages, where uh, because they they cluster around 99 or 100 percent in terms of VFI, you don't detect uh, progression very well uh, with VFI in the early stages. What is the difference between event-based and trend-based progression parameters? Uh, Glaucoma pro progression have been uh, usually divided into event-based and trend-based uh, uh, styles. So in event-based analysis, you compare uh, one visit, say the current visit, against a baseline. Um, and uh, you, you try to uh, find if there is a... Uh, uh, progression event uh, in in this comparison, and it's fairly good at picking up uh, focal point uh, progression. Uh, Trend-based analysis uh, uses uh, usually linear regression or some other regression techniques to analyze the whole series of visual field tests over uh, a, a relatively longer period of time and try to uh, measure the rate of progression of some parameter and what find out whether it's, it's statistically significant or not. It's better at picking up uh, diffuse uh, loss, uh, overall loss, and uh, it gives you a rate of progression, which is uh, very important for making management decisions. It's difficult to compare different modalities of diagnostic testing, particularly when the methodological differences are, are so large as between visual field testing and OCT. However, there are some common measures that we can apply across modalities. One of these is between-visit reproducibility. What is between-visit reproducibility for visual field testing and for OCT, and how do these two compare? Uh, the between-visit reproducibility for visual field uh, is traditionally given in units a logarithmic unit like uh, dB. Um, so that make it uh, somewhat uh, difficult to compare with OCT, where the measurements are usually given in uh, on, on a linear scale. But you, you can interconvert. So for example, visual field mean deviation, uh, the, the test retest reproducibility is usually around 1 dB, you know, depending on the severity of disease. And if you uh, translate that to a, a linear scale, for example, retinal sensitivity, you find that 1 dB is about uh, 20%. Uh, where structural OCT measurement of nerve fiber layer or GCC thickness has a, a coefficient of variation of about 3%. So uh, when you put them in the, on the same scale, you find that uh, OCT parameters are about seven times more uh, reproducible. And that certainly make a big difference when you try to get uh, statistical significance on a trend analysis. You can get that sooner with OCT. 
most of us in, in clinical practice are used to evaluating nerve fiber layer thickness on OCT. I think fewer of us understand GCC. Can I get you to explain what ganglion cell complex analysis tells us that's different um, from what nerve fiber layer analysis tells us? Uh, ganglion cell complex is a uh, term we coined about 10 years ago to describe uh, the, the complex that constitute the, uh, the exons, cell bodies, and the dendrites of the renal ganglion cells. Um, that, so that, that means you, you uh, include the nerve fiber layer, ganglion cell layer, and interplex from layer into one layer when you measure thickness. And it's uh, the, uh, the layer in the retina that's affected by glaucoma. And GCC has been very useful in uh, macular imaging with OCT in isolating the layer that's affected by glaucoma. Um, and it's, uh, it, it provides a map of the, the damage uh, in the macula, which uh, is equivalent to the central visual field. So it's a very, uh, it's a good supplement to uh, nerve fiber layer thickness, which uh, give you uh, more of a global, global view of glaucoma damage, but doesn't provide enough detail on macular damage or central visual field damage. David, what was the question that this study sought to answer? So our study, as presented in this uh, paper published in AJO, uh, sought to compare uh, glaucoma progression detection by OCT uh, parameters and visual field parameters. And it's uh, fairly comprehensive in that we uh, put a lot of emphasis on uh, not just nerve fibrillar thickness, but also GCC and various uh, visual field parameters. For the purpose of this study, how did you define parametric glaucoma, glaucoma suspect, and pre-parametric glaucoma? So in the AIG study, uh, we define parametric glaucoma as uh, a participant who has uh, glaucomatous optic disc appearance and uh, glaucomatous uh, visual field, uh, both in terms of the the pattern of damage and also pattern standard deviation, or hemi-field test. And a pre-parametric glaucoma participant would have the uh, abnormal optic disappearance, but uh, no definitive uh, visual field damage. And a, a suspect would have neither. It would, they would have neither uh, abnormal disc nor visual field, but are uh, suspected to have pre-glaucoma or a higher risk of developing glaucoma because either the other eye have glaucoma or they have ocular hypertension. In your paper, you presented your findings in a series of Venn diagrams. I found this particularly helpful in understanding what the different testing parameters showed. I'd like to discuss these Venn diagrams in a bit more detail. You assessed progression in visual field testing and looked at a number of analytic measures, including glaucoma progression analysis, which is an event-based tool 
mean deviation, which is a, a, a trend-based tool, and visual field index, which is also trend-based. Each of these analytic measures, each of these visual field analytic measures detected progression in a similar number of patients, although a bit fewer in the, the GPA group. One might have looked no further and said that visual field analysis was able to detect progression in a bit more than 30% of patients. However, your Venn diagrams illustrate clearly that the 30 or so percent of patients who demonstrated progression in each of these tools were not the same 30% in the mean deviation, the VFI, and the GFA groups. In fact, each group had about a third of its patient progression detection not shared amongst the other analytic methods. So my, my question to you, David, is is what's going on here? Are, are, are these methods equally sensitive and the non-shared patients are, are just noise? Or is it that these different analytic tools are telling us something about the pathology of glaucoma itself? Well, I don't think it's just noise. I think it does tell us uh, about the uh, pathology of glaucoma. So uh, these uh, out of these three different type of visual field analysis, uh, we found the, the trend act, uh, analyses are actually more powerful than event analysis over the uh, duration of a, a study like this, which is uh, on, on average four to five years. Uh, so all, over this relatively longer period of time, trend analysis is more powerful. Although uh, there is a, a minority of patients who are detected on uh, the event analysis and not on trend analysis, and these patients probably have more of a focal point uh, defects that were significant. Now, between the two trend analysis, VFI versus MD, uh, they overlap. VFI, as I understand, is, it has a, a pattern standard deviation component and a mean deviation component. Uh, so it's not exactly the same as uh, mean deviation or MD. And uh, we thought they would have a lot of overlap, but surprisingly, they don't overlap all that much. As you've, you mentioned, um, they're, they're about a third of patients where only one of these uh, 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 parameters uh, show pro progression on trend analysis. So you need both of them um, in, in order to maximize your, your detection of significant uh, progression. I want to ask you the, the same question about OCT. The ganglion cell complex trend and the nerve fiber layer trend each detected progression in a number of patients. However, the patients detected as having progression were not the same ones in each of these modalities. In fact, about half of the GCC detections were not measured as having progression in the NFL trend. Again, does this represent noise or is this telling us something about the underlying pathology of glaucoma? I, I think, uh, again, this tells us uh, something about the underlying pathology of glaucoma. Uh, the uh, progression that uh, we, we detected using these parameters were uh, highly significant. And the fact that they only have uh, limited overlap uh, probably represent different patterns of uh, glaucoma progression. So uh, patients who 
have a GCC progression would tend to have more damage in the macula, uh, in the central visual field area, central uh, 10 degree field. Uh, whereas patients who uh, primarily has nerve fiber layer uh, progression would be the ones where they uh, tend to have uh, damage in the more peripheral arcuate areas. So these probably represent different patterns of uh, glaucoma damage and progression. Just as with visual field, VFI might represent more of a, a, a pattern of focal losses, whereas MD is more of a better measure of diffuse loss. Um, so again, you need both OCT uh, parameters, GCC and nerve fiber layer, to have a comprehensive uh, evaluation of glaucoma progression. When you discussed the floor effect at, at the start of this conversation, you described why it is that NFL measurement is less helpful in advanced glaucoma. Therefore, it was no surprise to, to me when I saw that sensitivity to progression dropped off in NFL analysis for advanced glaucoma patients in your study. However, the ganglion cell complex analysis did not show the same sort of drop-off in rate of change in patients with advanced glaucoma. This is a really significant finding. What does this tell us about ganglion cell complex analysis as a parameter for following patients with advanced glaucoma? And what does this tell us about the histopathology of glaucoma that we see a tapering in nerve fiber layer thinning even as there is no similar tapering in the ganglion cell layer? I think uh, the macular GCC uh, perform better in advanced glaucoma patients because uh, the macula is, uh, in general, affected, affected relatively later in the glaucoma disease process for most patients. Um, so in the advanced Glaucoma group, which in this study is defined uh, by a mean deviation between minus 12 and minus 18, uh, it's more important to look at GCC rather than nerve fiber layer, which uh, tend, tend to have stopped uh, uh, changing already. Uh, GCC, I'm sure, uh, also have uh, some limitations. Um, it at the very end stages, the, the macular GCC would also reach a floor um, and become difficult to assess. Uh, we, we don't have uh, many of these end-stage patients in the AIG study, so we, we cannot really make much statement about that. But even visual field at the very end stages become difficult to assess. As, as uh, clinicians know, uh, you have to change to... Uh, more central uh, fields with larger targets. Uh, um, so uh, all, all of the modalities have uh, a limitation in terms of assessing very advanced uh, glaucoma, but for the, the general range that uh, we, we deal with uh, uh, in advanced glaucoma, uh, GCC is a very good tool. David, up until this point, we've been discussing things like sensitivity and intervisit variability um, at, at, at various stages in, in glaucoma, you framed your findings in another interesting way, describing the timescale for detection of visual field progression using these different tools. 
Can I get you to flesh this out for me and also describe what is meant by the lag effect in visual field analysis? Well, we have uh, uh, both a measure of the average rate of progression at different stages of glaucoma and also the, the noise in these slope measurements, the uh, residual from the linear regressions. Uh, and based on that, we could give a simple ratio uh, in terms of years that tells us what is the minimum amount of time it would take to uh, detect uh, progression in, in the average patients at these uh, glaucoma stages. And uh, based on that, we found that uh, if we take moderate glaucoma, we find that for both OCT and visual field, it takes about two to three years at a minimum to detect significant change. So both, both uh, modalities uh, work well in moderate glaucoma. But in mild parametric glaucoma or uh, pre-parametric glaucoma, the early stages, there's a huge contrast between OCT and uh, uh, visual field. So in these early stages, OCT still work very well taking about two to three years at a minimum to detect uh, change in the average patient in, in these categories. But for visual field index, VFI, and mean deviation, uh, MD, it uh, would actually take six to seven years to reasonably detect progression because the rate of change is so small in those uh, early stages. And I think that's due to the uh, redundancy in the visual system. So even as you lose ganglion cells and nerve fibers, your uh, visual field performance doesn't change very much at these early stages. And you can think of it uh, as a lag uh, between structural change and visual field change in early glaucoma. David, does incorporation of visual field parameters really add that much to progression detection by OCT? And I ask this because none of my patients enjoys taking visual field testing and would look for any excuse not to have to do it. I think if I'm brave in making conclusions based on this result, I would say that in uh, pre-parametric glaucoma and uh, mild parametric glaucoma, these early stages, visual field doesn't really add that much in terms of monitoring progression. But you, you still need visual field in the uh, moderate to advanced stages for monitoring progression. And also, uh, in the initial evaluation, you need to do a visual field uh, in order to uh, determine the, the, the stage of disease, validate your diagnosis, and get a baseline for future comparison. Um, so visual field is still needed uh, at the initial evaluation and in monitoring more advanced uh, patients. But for a lot of patients in the, the early stages, yeah, I think you, you don't have to do visual field as, uh, as frequently because you can primarily uh, rely on OCT parameters, both uh, GCC and nerve fiber layer thickness, 
because these are more sensitive ways of detecting glaucoma in these early stages. So, yeah, I, I might have saved your patients on misery in uh, skipping some visual field tests if they are in that uh, early category. David, in, in the context of this study, you performed OCT testing in a manner different from the way that I do, and I suspect different from the way that is generally done in clinical practice. In my practice, one or two measurements will be taken, and the measurement with the better signal strength is typically chosen as, as the measurement for that visit. You took three OCT scans at each visit and averaged the results, and you also compensated in your linear regression analysis for patient age and signal strength, how much do these maneuvers matter in detecting progression? And am I going to see detection sensitivities in my clinical practice approaching those of this paper? The uh, primary analysis in this paper were done with three OCT scans per visit, uh, which is uh, which is normal because this is a uh, grant-supported uh, uh, study. Uh, but we also uh, looked into just using one single scan, and we found that it didn't really affect performance in terms of detecting progression that much. So I think the normal clinical practice of just taking one test per visit uh, works quite well. Uh, based on our analysis, uh, that is adequate uh, for monitoring progression using OCT. David, this was a significant study, not only in its revelations about the glaucoma disease process, but also in that you have demonstrated a substantial benefit to a clinical tool that many of us possess but do not use. Having learned all of this, what do you do in your own clinical practice to monitor patients with early with moderate and with advanced glaucoma? Well, in early glaucoma, uh, the primary tool will be OCT, using both neurofibrillary thickness and GCC thickness. And visual field would have a secondary role. Uh, in moderate glaucoma, uh, it's important to use both OCT and visual field testing to monitor progression. Uh, in advanced glaucoma, uh, again, you need both OCT and visual field, but among the, the two OCT measurements, uh, GCC is more important in advanced stages compared to neurofibrillary thickness. David, I want to thank you very much. You've been extremely generous with, with your time. I know that this was a, a, a very long conversation, but for, for me and I think for the listeners, the, 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 the time spent really worthwhile, uh, and, and I just want to thank you for it. Well, uh, thank you for uh, picking this paper to uh, to highlight, uh, and uh, th thank you for your compliments. We we definitely had clinical impact in mind when we uh, designed the study and the paper. David Wong is the week's professor of ophthalmic research at the KCI Institute of the Oregon Health and Science University in Portland, Oregon. His paper. Comparison of Glaucoma Progression Detection by Optical Coherence Tomography and Visual Field appears in the December 2017 issue of the American Journal of Ophthalmology. Now that you've listened to this program, 
don't forget to go to ascrs.org slash podcast slash 385 to complete the post-test and claim your CME credit for listening to the program. Ask questions of Dr. Wong or any of our previous guests or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As seen from here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.